Hello everyone, this is the Audience Explorer, a podcast for you as a founder or creator who wants to develop an audience for your product or service. I'm Matthias Bohlen. Hello, dear listeners of the Audience Explorer podcast. This is Matthias again with another episode. This time, my guest is Kwan Chang from uh, Hong Kong. Hi, uh, I'm so happy to see you today. Hi, Matthias. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'd like to connect over uh, online. Yeah, me too. I, I'm quite excited about this. We meet uh, in video. Uh, almost in person i wanted to say in person but it's with video video we are six hours uh, six time zones apart but it's always amazing to see someone uh, where you had uh, already so long the contacts on on the contact on twitter contact and context yes <laughs> definitely <laughs> so happy to have you here um Come on, to, to uh, introduce a little bit to our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit what you do, what's your backstory, how to came to, to what you do on Twitter, with all these amazing stuff that you do today. Um, tell us a little bit about your story. Yeah, so the story could be quite long, but I'll try to keep it short. <laughs> um, basically, my whole career, like I think nine, ten years long, I have been in startups. I was always running startup. I was either the, the first person CEO or the second person, right? Oh. And um, what happened was in 2020, oh, it's act, last year. Yeah. Uh, I was running the startup, it's venture backed. So I had a bunch of angel investors. Uh -huh. And I was at a position where because of COVID, all the plans had to change. Uh -huh. And on one side, I had to figure out the product market fit, which is super hard, right? We all know yeah. that. Yeah. And then on the other hand, I had to deal with a lot of expectations from the investors. So what happened was I decided to actually take a step back. So that mm -hmm. was October 2020 and about a year ago. So. I didn't know what to do. My baby was about to be born. So I was like, oh. let's just take a break. Let, let me just figure things out maybe for two or three months and see where things go. But I'm the type of person that I cannot do nothing. So <laughs> I started to work on something new and I came across a blog post from someone saying, writing online is the best way to uh, figure yourself out. And I like mm -hmm. that so much. So I started to write all my failures, all my struggles in blog post format, and I post it online. Okay. And of course, not many people read it, right? Like <laughs> maybe 20, 30 people read each piece. And that's when I had this moment of, ah, oh, I need to create a bigger piece of content so that I could become like a go-to person for a topic mm -hmm. so that I could build up my um, credibility and reputation online because I ran startup, but no one know me on the yeah. internet. That's very, very sad. So, so to keep going, okay, I found a couple keywords online that I'm passionate about. Uh -huh. And at that point it was no code, micro SaaS, and then building in public, um, right? Yeah. So I, I, I did some simple research and no code and micro SaaS was very popular. So the uh -huh. data tells me, hey, come on, go for it. But then when I look at building in public, I resonate with it so much because it's my life principle, like being honest, being vulnerable, being open. It's just me. It's just how I live my life. That's so I, great. I thought, 
Yeah, I thought that's very exciting. So I started writing about it. Uh huh. And how did you get these keywords? Uh, did you get them from your ideas or from from search queries or what? What was it? What was the way to get these keywords? So when I first got online, I didn't know where to start. Right. So yeah. the first place is find a community that I feel belonged it. Yeah. And that was indiehackers.com. Even yeah. though I. Yeah. My first job was a software engineer, but I haven't coded in like seven, eight years. So I don't call myself a coder. But then Indie Hackers has expanded to like entrepreneurs in general, right? Who right. are indie, independent and one man band. And I just love how people have this mindset. And after my venture back experience, I just want to be a bootstrap one man band for now. <laughs> so so I went on IndieHackers.com and basically all the keywords came from there. Ah, I see. Yeah, it was the same for me. I I also started uh, in 2020 with the last uh, endeavor, uh, also on indie, indie hackers. I, f I find it a great community. People are very supportive of each other and try to do something good for this world. And yeah, it's really, a, really an amazing community. Um, so what what are you doing today? What are uh, your yeah? What what are the people you're working for, for example? What what are you trying to achieve? So to continue my story, so I found yeah, this keyword yeah, sure. building in public, right? And I decided, hey, um, a lot of people are talking about it. There's a group called uh, Building in Public on Indie Hackers, and then on Twitter, people are using this hashtag. Yeah. But how come when I Google it, nothing like educational comes up no one no one is teaching others how to get into this movement and i i thought that's my calling like someone oh. is asking me to do it <laughs> so <laughs> i decided a void right yeah, yeah so i decided hey i don't know anything about building in public but what the hell i could start off by learning all about it and make this e-guide so that other people can learn about it as well mm -hmm. and i will put it out for free because i i'm a nobody I, I don't care about that. It's more about like uh, helping others at that point. So yeah. what I did was I had nothing written, but I started to write in public. So I got on Twitter, I announced um, this is what I'm going to do. And uh, I, this is my research process. And this is my calling. And this resonate with me. So I started to just like tweeted small progress on Twitter. Yeah. And then uh, You know, in the early days, I got like eight likes, seven likes. And it, like <laughs> yeah. a lot of people would have given up at that point. But to me, I sort of knew that the bigger picture is that you're not going to get a spike of attention from people. It's all about accumulating attention over time, mm -hmm. you know, building up your reputation. So I didn't care and I just start doing it. And when I launched a guide, it went pretty well, like. 2,000 people read it in three days. So yeah, I suddenly, overnight, I became the building in public person, like one of the go-to, right? So amazing. That was, was that, that was the story. So I started creating content last year, November, a year uh -huh. ago. Uh -huh. And then I spent like six to eight weeks just writing failures and struggles. And then early this year, like Gen Fab 2021, mm -hmm. that was when I released uh, the guide. I spent two months on it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. From uh, did you did you create a new Twitter account or was it an existing one? Uh, did you have zero followers or more? 
Okay, so in terms of followers, I had the account for like twelve years, but、oh, okay. I never used it. You know, I just、uh-huh. register and leave it there. So I had maybe one hundred and eighty followers, but you know,、okay. like these are all friends. They're not yeah, even active yeah, on Twitter.、Yeah. So I, when I released、um, the guy, I had seven hundred followers, and then in about a week, I doubled the followers because of the guide. Wow! Yeah, that's amazing. I started in at the end of when did I start with a new account and end of October yeah twenty fifth of October twenty twenty it's almost a year now and I started with zero zero followers、um, and today I'm a, I'm about nine hundred or so、um, it, it's going very very slowly so when you were talking about eight likes or so I'm I'm、um, I'm already envious because I got I get two or three likes maximum. <laughs> <laughs> It seems to depend on the type of content you post,、um, because I'm more like, let's say, a radio station who posts into the void, and、mm. um, you are more like interactive. I, I、uh, see you as very interactive. You are asking questions. You are、um, commenting on what people do. And what, what's your, what's your,、uh, do you have a certain kind of、uh, strategy or method behind what you tweet? Yeah, definitely. So. Um, I actually have a philosophy around Twitter. So、uh-huh. to me, like I don't spend all day on Twitter. I spend probably one hour plus on Twitter each day, like、uh-huh. pieces here and there. But if you combine it, it's like an hour each day.、Um, I purposely did this because there's no way I can be on Twitter all the time and still、yeah. be productive.、Yeah. So the way I see Twitter is that there are three pillars. The first one. Is that you really need to be the expert, the go-to person for something.、Mm-hmm. So you just need to be clear on what you're sharing, and you create or you process the information through your brain, and then、mm-hmm. spit out the best content for people to learn something from you. That's that's a must. Like you cannot get away from it.、Uh-huh. Number two is、um, getting exposure. Like a lot of people. Don't think about how their profile is being exposed, but there are actually only a few ways, right? When you get tagged by people, when you、uh, tweet, reply to someone, yeah, when when you DM someone and someone click on your profile, there are just like I think eight or ten ways. So for me, I figure a way that suit me the best is when I tweet something out,、um, and I personally reply to every single person. That's just. Keep the engagement and the conversation going. That works for me. All the other ways, like DMing people, you know, tagging people to get attention,、yeah. that doesn't work for me. It's just、uh, not me. Okay. And then the last one is relationships. So it's it's all about building relationships. Like don't hard sell people. It's all about genuine, helpful relationships. So I just focus on these three things, and that's it. I don't spend my time on other、uh, any、uh, anything else. Wow. Can you repeat the 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 points again? One, sure, two, three. Sure. <laughs> the first one is obvious: creating values. Yeah. The second one、value. is getting exposure to your profile through、uh-huh. different ways. Uh-huh. Uh, number three is building social capital, building relationships.、Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds simple. Sounds like it totally <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Maybe it's too simple for my mind. It's. <laughs> I always struggle、yeah. with this. I I don't know why exactly. Maybe because I'm such an introvert, but I I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's different. Like you mentioned, you are you have a SaaS product. You are more 
like a product person, a developer. I'm a creator.、Yeah. I create courses, community content.、Ah, so、okay. I definitely have more time, you know, to go online to engage with people. So pick. I, I would tell people to pick the strategy that work for them. It's not like one size fit all. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Some people、uh, use totally different strategies, like for example, posting quotes. That's not my my thing.、Um, taking quotes from books or online and posting them, or、um, for example, I find very fascinating this Alex.、Uh, what was his name? Alex Lull or something? The Twitter L U L L L U L L. Yes,、yeah. or the, or L L U L L. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Twitter thief with with his graphics. Um, he always posts these tiny little drawings. It's very interesting, and so e- each one, each person on Twitter has their own strategy. I, I'm always fascinated by that. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about like human skills, like human interaction skills. You're dealing with people, so yeah.、Um, understand how. Basically, how you make friends in real life, you should do exactly the same online. I don't know why people like when they go online, they think that everything seems easier. Like you can just、uh, send a bunch of outreach message to people,、yeah. and they need to do something for you. No, it doesn't work、no. like that in real life. No. So,、um, what, what you said, you are creator. What what is it that you are creating these days? I, I have seen on Twitter、mm-hmm. that you are creating multiple things.、Uh, for example, I've、um, I've subscribed for your free Twitter course. It's an email course. I found it very good.、Um, so, what is it? What what are the things you are creating these days? Yeah. So, I create mainly on two topics. One is Obviously, <laughs> building in public. Yeah, because I create a guide, and then a lot of people start coming to me with their questions. So I just keep focusing on that. But then I also follow my heart,、um, and I talk about things like making Twitter friends, how to be authentic,、uh-huh. and how to build like a very genuine presence online and grow your early followers. You know, yeah. Like, so even. Convert them to super fans. So this is what I love, and also building in public. So two things. And when you ask me what I'm mostly creating,、um, honestly, so I started the first six months creating free stuff. Right,、mm-hmm. everything is free,、mm-hmm. even the email course. And I started to try to monetize in April six months ago. Yeah, and I created courses. You know, self-paced course, cohort-based live course. Communities, and I'm still. I have been figuring out what fits me the best and what can serve people the best, and I think I I finally get it. Is courses like I'm、ah. very eager to teach people, and some of the concepts it sounds simple, but it's actually very deep, and there's frameworks around where I can help people learn. So right now I'm working on basically two things. One is a self-paced book slash course. About how to build your early online presence.、Uh-huh. So that's for the beginners, and then I'm working on a cohort-based, like a three-four weeks intensive course for people who already have a presence but want to build in public to involve their audience more.、Mm. So that's the for the advanced people. So it's just two products, and I can try to help both of both groups of people. Interesting. I, you you、um, have several. 
options in the race, right? You have uh, one one beginner option, one advanced option, and they build upon each other. I think, right? They they will have Definitely. something to do with each other. Yeah. Yes. Totally. Great. And what do you think? Uh, uh, your audience, the, the the people you who will take your courses or read your books or read your emails or whatever, um, do they have a name for themselves? Or do they say we are so and so, or or is it just anybody? Um, I don't. <laughs> there's no name so far for it, <laughs> but I have noticed a trend. Like originally, it was a lot of developers uh -huh. um, because I think building in public is more developer oriented yeah um but then as i keep going and expand my audience um i have a feeling that general entrepreneurs like people who are mm -hmm. like me creators or people mm -hmm. who run consulting business or people who run agency business online they are very interested in the concept of building in public as well so it definitely expanded a little bit and i i definitely think there are still a lot of people who don't know about building in public yeah But so far, no name to describe them. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. But entrepreneurs in general, right? People who yeah. want to create something, do something, build something uh, in public. Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, entrepreneurs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as vague as it can be. <laughs> I had another podcast episode with with Justin from from Transistor. Transistor is the podcast hosting service. And um, I, I said, oh, you're, you've got a, a service for podcasters. And he said, no. I said, what? Yeah, um, people don't call themselves podcasters. Um, they, they are people who want to create a podcast, but um, they are not podcasters. They call them, themselves mal, uh, um, medical doctors, uh, marketers, um, entrepreneurs, um, whatever, book writers. Uh, but they don't call themselves podcasters. So um, we are not the, for example, on the website, it doesn't say uh, this is for podcasters. No, <laughs> it's for people who want a podcast. So I, I find that interesting. I, I always think about should we label our audience or shouldn't we? And I get more and more away from that. Um, I'm realizing that just treating them as people, uh, it's, it's much better. Um, however, um, so there are some commonalities. Um, I, I should, could say some kind of persona, um, just an ideal type of, um, of audience member. We can identify that. Like, uh, what are they trying to achieve? What are their goals, their challenges? Something like that. Or what are their jobs that they need to get done? For example, a, blog, a blogger needs to write blog posts, he needs to share them, um, needs to measure the impact and so on. So there are certain, um, certain jobs that the people need to get done. Um, what would you say people who build in public, what do they need to get done? Um, the most attractive way to describe this would be grow a huge following. Okay. and uh, be known for something, you know, uh -huh. build this personal brand. I think if we look at the end of the spectrum, that's the end goal for almost everyone. Um, mm -hmm. So whether they can get there in a year or so, that's a different story, but that's the destination. Yeah. So becoming known for something. Yeah, yeah I, I remember in, in my Twitter followers, there's someone who's known for Google ads, for example. Mm, he mm. calls himself the Google ad guy. <laughs> mm. So, yeah. 
But within the spectrum, there's so many different reasons people want to do it, right? Accountability to themselves as a solo entrepreneur, that's pretty hard. Um, so you have other people to keep you accountable. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people love the fact that you can just put something out and get feedback right away. Yeah. And, and then you have a lot of data points to work with. That's another goal, but more for the short term. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Getting feedback is always great. I yeah. always appreciate that. I love it. Like, like for me, um, I wrote about how I created my community outside of my brain. And the concept is I used to be that guy who always imagined the solution in my head. Uh -huh. And I would be like, oh, I'm, I'm a genius. I thought of this. <laughs> But I realized I'm actually pretty dumb. Like um, instead of relying on my brain, I should just use building in public and ask people what they want. And I built something they want. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, they're telling, they're telling me the answer. So I'm approaching all my products the same way now, which is pretty cool. Like I make sure at least some people will find it very relevant. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, it becomes kind of automatic, right? You, you become known for something you put, you put out, for example, your guide to building in public, you get a lot of questions. And depending on the questions, you can decide what's what's necessary. What's the next bit of value that you should uh, deliver? Is that so? Yeah. It, it, if you think about it, it's kind of like a rat running on the exercise wheel. It, it doesn't stop <laughs> because as long as you keep throwing questions out there and as long as your audience love you, they would <laughs> respond. So it doesn't stop until one day you're tired of all this and you say, I'm quitting Twitter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But but that's the coolness of building a public. Yeah, people are very helpful. And and these these courses that you mentioned, um, when you uh, when you create a self-paced course or a cohort-based course, um, what what are the ingredients uh, of of a kind of recipe that you use? The recipe of Of the course, uh, so do, do you put in videos or scripts or tasks or assignments for people, or what? What do you? Uh, what elements do you put into the course? I see, I see. So that I need to kind of come in as an educator uh, to look at things from education standpoint, because I have tried um, using emails to share the daily to dos to people, and then have like a video content for them to consume, mm -hmm. but then. Um, I realize probably for me right now with my audience, the best way it is something written so that people can take their time to absorb the knowledge. Mm -hmm. And then there's some worksheet workbook so that they can practice. You know, I'm all about actionable tips. I don't want to yeah. tell people yeah. how great building in public is. They don't need to know that, but I want to show them, okay, this is the first step you should do. And then read the next chapter. This is the second step. I want to do that. So the workbook is very important. And then probably for some key concepts, I think it might be easier if I just record myself talking about it. Yeah. So to me, the best course nowadays would be multimedia. It's not just a mm -hmm. written, mm -hmm. it's not just video, it's a bit of everything. But of course it becomes very hard to create, but I see a ton of value to help people learn better. That's interesting. So the 
the elements you choose they depend on um, on what it is that you're going to teach for example dif a difficult concept i think would be better to teach it in written form whereas actionable stuff or um, uh, how to's would maybe would be good in in video or in engaging video form um, how do you see that when would you choose one thing and when would you choose the other mm -hmm. Let me let me think about this. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I think it's the way I the, the way I look at this is um, actually people just consume with different preference. Some people mm -hmm. love to read. Some people like to watch. So my first angle is by doing both i can serve more of them um okay. but of course i one thing that i particularly like to do in video is that when i have a, have a lot of examples to share then i can ah. just like ah screen share and i because i'm all about actionable right so yeah. it's only actionable when you show them how to do it so then i would walk them through okay this is how i consume content this is how i create a system around producing content. And this is how I think about building in public in four steps. That is quite hard to describe fully in text. So in that oh, yeah. sense, I would create a video. But of, of course, not everything needs a video. Sometimes it's just very straightforward. Right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's totally clear. If you have lots lots of screens to share, uh, showing different examples and so on, it's it takes much too long if if you write all that down with screenshots and everything. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. and it's boring to look, right? You're yeah. scrolling tweets and then screenshots. Yeah. <laughs> and these cohort-based courses, uh, how does that work? Is there a group of people who gets together and and do it? Yeah, so, so the concept of cohort-based course is pretty much there's a start date and an end date. So mm -hmm. people sign up and they pretty much achieve something within that time frame. So there's sense of urgency mm -hmm. as well as you know who's in there with you. So you can bounce ideas, you can meet a new friend, and you can do it together. So um, I'm learning about this. I'm actually currently taking a course on how to be a cohort-based course creator, right? Hey, wow. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think my biggest learning is don't spend the live session time teaching something to the students. Uh -huh. Because if you're just like lecturing, it's boring and you can just record a video. Yeah. So the, the, the best part is leaving the live sessions to be about sharing, about discussion, you know, mm -hmm. rapid mm -hmm. fire. Hey, uh, if I have 10 students, each of them get a minute to share something quick and then everyone give feedback to each other, something like that. Very uh -huh. interactive and, and even we can do breakout, you know, three people per group. So all the things about concepts, just do it in a video and share it to them at the right time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds amazing. <laughs> it's, it's a lot of work to create a course that really 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 is good <laughs> yeah that's right yeah well i'm just thinking about that 
um, this this creating content uh, when you said this is how I create content for example you show people how you create content or how you consume content and then then create something new out of it uh, is it part of the self-paced or is it part of the the cohort based course or both current plan is to put it in the uh, in the book uh, the handbook slash course the self-paced one because this is something that it's more about a system. Mm -hmm. So I don't really need to teach you like in a live format. It's better for you to just pick up and practice and take your time to yeah. develop the system. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah, right. Systems and concepts. It's, it's more for, for consuming, building up structures. And um, the rest is for experience, right? For trying out things, for giving feedback to each other. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, that's more for the live sessions. Yeah, but I guess the, the way I split them is more based on the scope of learning and what outcome I want. So one is for beginner, one is for advanced, right? But then mm -hmm. in terms of the content format, like how I teach it, um, it, it wouldn't be oh, this one goes to the beginner course, this one goes to the advanced course. It becomes more like, okay, now I have the whole curriculum. How do I best teach it for the advanced people? So it's very uh, mm -hmm. within that scope itself. Do you have a background in teaching or is it just that you like it? I So it's funny. I spent four years in my career running a kids coding school. <laughs> oh boy, that's great. <laughs> yeah, so it's physical. So we have a campus and then we have like eight classroom and the kids will be uh, four to 18. So uh -huh. mostly six to 12, but we cover the whole range. And they would come in and we'll teach them web development, JavaScript, um, mobile app development, but the, but the easier version, right? Not native yeah. mobile app. Yeah. And then we'll teach them like uh, Minecraft. How do you learn coding in Minecraft? Something like yeah. that. So. I was never the teacher, but I pretty much covered the whole operation of the place. And it's funny how I'm coming back to education, but I think for me, I just like to help people. I like to break down concepts and share it with people. So I guess that's my love for education, but I don't have like a professional background in it. That's yeah. why I'm learning. <laughs> yeah, we're teachers and learners, right? So sometimes when I teach things I'm I'm a teacher for for software engineering methods for example like domain-driven design like software architecture like all kinds of things in my day job um, and um, I'm always learning when I when I uh, teach a certain way to do something for example how to design a system how to break it down into subsystems giving interfaces and so on and suddenly somebody comes around uh, and says no I do it differently Oh, and I say, hey, how, how are you doing it? And ah, I'm doing it serverless. I don't like web servers. I want everything to be Lambda functions and so on. And I say, wow, oh, okay. It's not my thing, but yeah, I'm always learning about stuff. Um, and so I think as a teacher, you learn, you learn very much when you teach stuff to, uh, to people. Uh, you get so much feedback and so in, it's so interesting. I, I love that too. Yeah, my, my biggest learning so far is, so I'm a creator, right? And creator yeah. is very much marketing oriented. You know, yeah, yeah. We, we write stories, we tell stories. And I realize it's actually 
not easy for a creator to become a course instructor. It's a two, it's two different things. Like uh -huh. you, you cannot just lecture people on those marketing concepts and write like one step, uh, step one to five. As a course creator, you really need to take a step back and guide people. Okay, okay. The first week, let's just do something easy. Yeah. Get 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 them realize the importance of something, and then week two, we progress to doing something harder. Wow, it's so different, <laughs> and that's why I think I ran a couple of courses already, and I have been asking for feedback all along, and there are some good feedbacks, and there are some also direct feedback. So, um, yeah, love it. Take it and improve myself. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I also find that marketing and and everything else, I think, are, are two different things. <laughs> it, it's for me as a as a builder because I build a SaaS. Uh, I can almost identify two states of mind in my in my head. Right when I'm really deep into coding or designing user interfaces or yeah, um, administering my systems or whatever, I'm in a totally different mood uh, than when I'm marketing. Uh, so. Uh, for example, recently I noticed that about, let's say, three months ago or so, I stopped podcasting because it was too too much work for me. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, oh, that's that's a pity that I stopped podcasting. I should resume podcasting. And there was someone on Twitter who who calls himself the guy who asks the questions. And um, as I said on Twitter, I want to resume podcasting. Uh, he came back with a question that says, what does that mean? And I say, what? What does this guy mean by what does it mean? <laughs> and I asked back and he said, yeah, break it down into stuff you have to do for that. Yeah, I have to, I have to record a podcast. I have to publish it. I have to share it on social media. I have to measure how many downloads and so on and so on. Um, yeah, and what, did, what does it mean exactly? Okay, go one level deeper. Uh, doing some time estimates. This takes half an hour, this takes two hours. And so, for example, transcribing into a transcript may take a long time. And finally, he asked me, um, um, how much time would you need? Okay, so and so, are you willing to give, it, to give this amount of time? And I thought, oh, wow, that's a good question. And when would I give that time? And finally, I thought I can put, let's say, two hours on Monday and three hours on Friday on my calendar. Uh, and now I'm really able to podcast because I, I have made, I have created some space to podcast. Um, so it's really difficult to, to be the builder, to the, the software engineer who writes something, uh, writes code. And then the podcaster who does marketing and who, who does interaction with people and planning for, for example, whom will I invite? What will I talk about? How do I share all this? And so on. Um, it's, it's an amazing switch in the state of mind. And I think by, you, you raise a really good point. I think part of what I'm sharing with people is that exactly that, like when you are the product builder, you're always thinking from your perspective but then yes. when you write all these tweets you have to like write it from the other person angle how do they read it can they read it quickly do they understand you do they learn something from your tweet if uh, no then that tweet is probably just for yourself and do you still want to tweet it so part of the lesson that i'm teaching people is exactly how do you translate that into a story yeah that's a fantastic difference 
Yeah, and then ah, I get an idea where my problem comes from because many of my tweets are written from my own perspective. I mm. think that's, yeah, you're mentioning an important difference. Yeah. When you're tweeting and when you're storytelling for someone, uh, yeah, I should really write it from the perspective of this someone. Yeah, there are so many occasions where I, let's say I watch a Netflix movie and I really want to shout it to the internet and say, <laughs> wow, this is a great show. But then I always stop myself like, hmm, people follow me for building in public. Do they really want to know I watch this Netflix movie? No. Okay, then I resist and not share. It, it, it yeah. takes a lot to stop yourself from saying things on the internet. Yeah, that's, I, I love Ted Lasso, for example, the, the series on, on Apple TV about this football trainer who doesn't have any idea about English football because he's American. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I love to watch that. Oh, sorry, I have to stop that telephone for a moment. Sure. Yeah, I, I love the TV series. And sometimes I post that I, I'm, I'm watching a certain episode, but mm, no response. I, I think that, that people uh, are not, yeah, they, they don't come to me for this reason, right? They, they are expecting something um for which i'm known yeah totally yeah that that's also something i share in my book slash course like how to create a personal brand guideline so that you are consistent with yourself yeah <laughs> that's right yeah it, it yeah you need you need a framework to help yourself yeah yeah do you know some um no um let me step back um do you think that that audience building is a, is a system that can be put into a system or is it just individual for creators for builders for every every person uh, or is it is there a system behind it for audience building very deep and great question i definitely think there can be system and there are tons of framework and steps that we can teach people to follow right the mm -hmm. best practices. But at the same time, I think because we're dealing with people yeah. and when you're dealing with people, it takes soft skills. And no matter how right. much I tell you, hey, Matthias, you have to be authentic online. <laughs> what does that mean? Right? Yeah, like right. a lot of people don't get how to be authentic, how to be nice or like how to be helpful to people. That's very vague. So yeah, 50-50, there's system for the technicals. But then we need to develop the person to be uh, able to uh, talk to people and interact with people as well. Ah, ah, okay. Yeah, I like that. Not every system can be filled by every person, right? Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you see as the main difference between um, you mentioned you also mentioned community building what what is the main difference between community building and audience building what do you think mm. so far uh, in my own definition i think audience building is more focused on the one person the creator or the entrepreneur mm -hmm. so people are his or her audience by following this person but community is totally different. You can imagine it like a high school classroom where the students 
form a circle and、mm -hmm. they're talking to each other, playing a game, right? No one is in the center of the room. Not even the teacher. The teacher is within that circle and they're talking、ah. to each other, bouncing ideas. So there's no leader. I think that's the essence of a community. Uh huh. People collaborating with themselves instead of the the leader, right? The the audience is very much leader focused. Totally, but、yeah. there's a there's a very important point I want to share here.、Um, even though I say audience building is very focused on the creator, so a lot of people have this like, oh, it must be like a musician standing on stage performing,、yeah. shouting to the、yeah. singing a song to the audience. Actually, no.、Uh, I'm actually trying to convince people to see audience building as the same as community building. Imagine yourself in a circle, and you're just one of them. I think the best person who did this so well is Arvid, right? Yeah,、Arvid、yeah, sure, yeah. <laughs> He he's just one person in the circle, and everyone can interact with him freely and openly. He's not putting himself on stage. So I think no, audience that's building. That's right. That's right. Should get closer to community building. That's an interesting point, because it was always a kind of dichotomy for me, like like two different things.、Um, but this this unifies、uh, the view a little bit. I think there's one one thing that can happen、uh, in spite of, for example, Arvid is is really、uh, he doesn't put himself on a stage. Um, but it can happen that people put him on a stage. You know what、yeah. I mean? What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> They admire him so much. I did that in the beginning, for example. I thought,、oh, yeah. this guy is so prolific in writing. This guy is so productive、yeah. in tweeting. How does he do that? <laughs> After a while, I learned about his systems and so on. And、um, I don't put him so much on a pedestal as I did before. But <laughs> I think that can happen, doesn't it? Yeah, I I like to explain this to my student that just imagine Arvid is sitting in the circle, but then you know throughout the days he's always going around helping people, and then other people see that he's so good at something when they let's say, let's say、um, math right Arvid is very good at math I'm, I'm、yeah. just making this up by the way,、yeah. and so when it comes to a math competition and the class need to vote for someone to be the captain. Who is that going to be? That's going to be Arvid. So you pretty much interact with people enough so that they look at you as a leader. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And and you could, for example,、uh, foster uh, still foster a community.、Um, yeah, the 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 distinction blurs after a while. I I think、um, so. Let's imagine、uh, audience building is a circle of people sitting together. Community building is also a circle sitting together. But I think the main difference is that in community building, we need to work really hard to get all the students. I'm using students in this example yeah, to yeah. to help each other. But in audience building, you don't need to try as hard because more people are looking up to Arvid as the leader.、Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I see.、Um, do you know Rosie Sherry, by the way? Of course. Yeah. yeah, and she's so great in in community building. I I um, um I was around when she was still the community manager for Indie Hackers, 
And afterwards, I uh, read her newsletter and how she's arguing. And, and I also had had her in my podcast. So it, it's so amazing what, what this lady can do for a, for a community. Um, I think this is a very special kill, uh, skill. Uh, when you say you have to try very hard to make them collaborate and make them help each other. Um, and she does it kind of naturally. It's, it's so amazing that some people have, have these skills and don't, don't need to, to spend extra energy, I think. Uh, that's the difference. Some people have to spend energy. The others do it by their nature. It's so amazing. Totally. I think community has get to this point where it's more like a burst buzzword. So a lot of people jump into it. Yeah. But a lot of people will re realize that it's not in their nature to connect people. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a yeah. lot of work. And then they step back. It's completely normal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen lots of communities that have been founded with the best intentions that go very well for six weeks as long as the leader is, is connecting the people. And the moment the leader steps back, um, everything starts to, to slow down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm actually an example of that. So maybe I can share a little bit. I ran a paid community for since April, so for half a year. Okay. And just one week ago, I wrote a blog post that I announced to the members. I'm no longer charging them any future recurring membership fee. Mm. And the reason is because I like to help people, but then I realize it's very mentally draining for me <laughs> oh, to man. have people pay monthly or quarterly or annually. So I have this like uh, pressure in my mind that I need to keep creating values for them every single day and it is so draining that i decided okay if my if my favorite thing to do is to run a course and teach people like critical skills the community should be the supporting component of the course but it should not be something that people pay just to be inside and that's ah. how i made the decision so i'm a living example of this <laughs> that's interesting so you you focus on on the course because you have the energy for it you you love doing it you, it's it's no problem to do it but to keep the community together and and uh, people helping each other and so on this is uh, is this costing you energy or is it um, is it also something that you love i i love helping people but yeah. then I realized like if you want to run a community, the, the key is to connect the people themselves, right? Not right. to you. Yeah. So I realized that takes up a lot of my energy and it gets to a point where I just, yeah, don't think I can handle it. Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually just pressure by myself because people are saying they love the community, they're getting value. But to me, uh, I've, I feel bad charging people if I'm not actively doing something for them every single day. Uh, yeah, I, I understand that. <laughs> yeah. I, I remember I had a paid newsletter several years ago and in the beginning, everything was fine. I was writing, writing, writing. And after a while, hmm, I ran out of ideas and the energy didn't come up. And yeah, I also stopped charging because um, I thought, no, you can't go on like that and keep people charging. <laughs> yeah, same, <laughs> yeah, same such idea. a big post. Yeah, big post. Uh, same, same. So idea. be careful. Be careful when you charge recurring fee. That's yeah. the type of things yeah. you have to deal with. <laughs> Interestingly, um, I, I have no 
no problem to charge for my SaaS because I'm, I'm constantly working on it. I'm adding features, I'm adding landing pages, documentation pages, explaining things. Um, so that comes pretty natural as a software engineer, so I can charge for that. Uh, but if I had something where I need a lot of energy, then then I, yeah, I would need to think about charging. That's right. Yeah, I think the the key thing is I'm also I have also no problem charging for my course because I'm giving them direct value, right? Yeah, teaching them something. But community is super vague. Like some people get value because yeah. they actively connect with someone, but some people just sit back. So they're not getting value and you just cannot judge who is getting value and who's not. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're so worried all the time. <laughs> Even the people sitting back, you don't know whether they're getting value or not. They maybe they they uh, uh, they enjoy the presence of the others, for example. Exactly. You don't, you don't know. Yeah, it's exactly it's or they enjoy my content and that's yeah. enough for them to pay. Yeah, but I just don't know. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so I've I've got one final question, Kwan. Uh, if you imagine yourself um, and your audience uh, in, let's say, one year from now, what do you think uh, will happen or what do you think should happen from your perspective? <laughs> Very tough question. What should happen one year from now? Hmm. I don't know, like, uh, I guess the honest answer would be, I need to make this work for myself mm -hmm. so that I can keep helping people and sharing free content out there. Um, so for me, like I need to get the course to work, right? That's my main source of income. Yeah. But then I think, I think about like, if we just imagine the Twitter audience, top of my head, I cannot think of anything different that I should be doing that I'm not doing now. For example, I'm creating free content to help people. I am putting out questions so that they can learn from each other. These are the things that I would love to keep doing. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just cannot think of anything right now. <laughs> ah, that's interesting. Then you're on a pretty good track, I think. So the the thing that you think should happen is really quite in sync with with what really happens. Difficult to explain that in English. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, I think at this point, yeah, I'm very mindful about my own journey. So yeah. as you can yeah. tell, like I make critical decisions. Like some yeah. people might question Kavant. People are willing to pay you money. Why do you shut it down? I just follow my heart and I want to be honest with myself and with other people. Yeah. So maybe that's, that's why you come across as like, oh, it seems like you're doing the right thing right now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Kwan. This is a good, good closing word, I think. It's, uh, it has been an amazing conversation with you. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Thank you, Matthias. Thank you so much. I, th I feel like we've talked about many, many different things here. Thanks for listening to the Audience Explorer podcast today. You can find me on Twitter at GetTheAudience and you can check out the blog at GetTheAudience.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out to me on Twitter or send an email to matthias at gettheaudience.com. If you want to support this podcast, 
please leave a rating in your favorite podcast player app. This will help other founders or creators to find this podcast about developing an audience for their product or service. Thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.